0: Sabbath is a space and time set apart that I can commune with God. Welcome to Elevate Retake. My name is Michael and I'm the teaching pastor for Elevate, a community fellowship of Keene Church. On Elevate Retake, you can expect to hear thought-provoking, biblically-based messages that I and some of my friends share. We want you to experience faith as the continual everyday process of learning more about the Bible, ourselves, and about God. And I believe this podcast will be just what you need to come to a closer relationship with God. We're continuing our season. You got to try this. It's an invitation to an experimental and experiential relationship with God. And Man, has it been great so far. Thank you so much for listening. Let's turn it over to our host, Denae.
1: Thanks, Michael. Today's episode is entitled Try Sabbath. The engaged question is, what does Sabbath mean to you? The key passage we're talking about is coming from Matthew eleven twenty eight to thirty. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The key theme is Sabbath is a countercultural thing in our fast-paced world. You know, to worship is to rest in God's incredible work of grace and remember him because we forget every day of the week. So this is an invitation to an experiential and experimental relationship with God by trying Sabbath. Guest today is Johnny Wolczynski, Associate Pastor at Richardson, Seventh-day Adventist Church, and voice of our credits.
0: Welcome, everybody. Super glad that you're joining us here this morning for Elevate. Welcome home. There's always room for one more. And this morning, I'm jo- joined. I'm johnny by joined. I'm joined <laughs> nice. by Johnny. Hey, tell us a little about yourself.
2: Oh, um, my name's Johnny, and I have the privilege of joining Michael up here. No, I'm just kidding. I also have some more things going on in life. Um, I have a wife who is very beautiful. She's here in the audience. She is my pride and joy, and whenever someone asks me to talk about myself, I always have to talk about her because she (laughs) and her love towards me makes me realize how... I'm actually kind of worth loving sometimes. And that was something I didn't know before her. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm a youth pastor over at Richardson Seventh-day Adventist Church. Mm-hmm. And we have some project we're working on together. Did you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, so there's this podcast called Where's God? <sighs> and I think we can put this up on the screen for those at home that are watching this. You and I a couple months ago said, hey, there's people asking in our communities about a term called theodicy. They didn't know mm-hmm. it was termed theodicy, but it's the idea of finding God in the midst of everyday life and in the midst of sin and evil and all that. So we're a couple episodes in. Yeah. Four, I think. I think That's we have
2: an episode zero and then we have one through four after that. So five, five, something like that. Sure. We invite you to check it out at uh,
0: Where's God Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And then you can find uh, the actual podcast on Spotify and Anchor. Yes. Uh, we're still waiting for... Uh, some person around the globe to distribute it somewhere else. Right. But that's where you can find it. So I invite you to check that out. And yes. we're also going to be furthering this conversation this afternoon at 5 p.m. in a little thing that we call Elevate Overtime. Because we want to dive deeper into what we're talking about this morning. And this, the topic that we have for today is is deep. I can't wait to talk about it. It fits in with this specific day. The engage question, Johnny,
2: what does Sabbath mean to you? you know, you kind of gave me a heads up on this question. Mm -hmm. And honestly, my answer to this changes every time I think about it. But the way I've landed on right now, and like I said, this could change by the end of the conversation, Mm -hmm. is Sabbath is simply unrushed time. And I kind of want to just leave it there. And I, I think unrushed time is the clearest glimpse that we give, that we get right now of what heaven will look like. Hmm. And I think Sabbath is an intentional call back to creation, but not only mm-hmm. that, but a looking forward to just how amazing reality will be.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. I love that. You know, to, we kind of, we jumped right into this and some of you watching at home or listening to this later on might not even know what the term Sabbath means. And in our series today, we've got uh, the, the overarching topic is you got to try this. It's an invitation into an experiential and experimental relationship with God. And this Sabbath that we're going to be discussing today, I think, is one of the the ultimate, not the penultimate, maybe the ultimate way that we can experiment and experience a relationship with God.
2: Hmm. You like using fancy words, and that well. makes me happy. <laughs> uh, so, describe what you mean by the penultimate and ultimate. What what are what do you mean there, Michael? <laughs> what I mean
0: by that is that Sabbath as as an institution, if I can use that word, Sabbath as a time, as it's set apart, is the best way to experience a relationship with God. Mm. You can't get any better than Sabbath. It's it's above and beyond. It's the, it's the pinnacle. It's the top of the mountain. Can I use any more
2: uh, synonyms <laughs> to describe this to you? I think I understand. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, sometimes a little slow on the uptake. So, you know, people like me really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I think that's beautiful. And You know, using my wife again as an example, if I were to just see her or spend time with her once a week, for Mm -hmm. example, on Sabbath, that wouldn't really be that much of a relationship, would it? And I think of how I interact with God, too. Yeah. And if I'm like, oh, you know, I'll just get through the week. And then on Sabbath, you know, I'll hang out with God. Yeah. But is that really a healthy relationship? <laughs> it seems kind of toxic. Like, I don't yeah. eat only on Sabbath and then go through the rest of the week like, you know, I'm going to feast on Sabbath. No, it's, a, it's yeah. a continual, like, journeying, as you said, the apex, the top <laughs> of the mountain, the ultimate, not the penultimate, yeah. um, experience yeah. of worship throughout the week. Mm-hmm. And the, the idea of Sabbath
0: is really particularly special to our denomination, mm-hmm. the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And we've got all sorts of, uh, of beliefs based from the Bible that uh, cause us to, to practice Sabbath on Saturday, what a, lot, a whole lot of people would call Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not here this morning to necessarily talk about um, specific day. Although I believe that's 100% important. I think in my conversations with you, you believe that's 100% important. I do. But we're taking a little bit of a step back. And I think you've got in our notes today a little thing called uh, Johnny's Quote Corner. (laughs) And I I wonder, you did a little background look into the Hebrew term Shabbat. Mm -hmm. Can you unpack what Shabbat, the, the Hebrew term, the original children of Israel, what they would have thought if and when they heard the term Shabbat or Sabbath?
2: Sure. So Shabbat just literally means stop. So it's like, okay, you know, you're going through the week. You're like, oh, it's Friday, you know, finally. But then stop. You stop, <laughs> you stop. Full stop, stop. Okay? So it's really interesting whenever you see yeah. that in the description of creation. Mm-hmm. Because if God, you know, who, who at least my presupposition is he's all powerful, you yeah. know, he doesn't need to sleep. He doesn't need to rest. So why then after creation would he have this day set aside yeah. to rest, to stop? Yeah. And, you know, the, the word also means to desist from labor, from labor, from labor. <laughs> um, but not only that, it actually means keep the Sabbath. So mm. Shabbat means keep the Sabbath. So therefore, when Jesus rested on the seventh day, mm-hmm. he Sabbathed on Sabbath. Mm, and like it's it's a, a funny wordplay. I think the, he, yeah. uh, the original audience would understand what's going on in the right. Hebrew there. Because we
0: often don't use Sabbath as a verb. Yeah, We use it as a noun. And it generally has an article in the front, the, the Sabbath. And it's kind of this, that's a, that's a thing. Yeah. We've got to focus on the Sabbath. And the Bible does say, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy and that type of thing. But we're stepping back from that and saying, what does it mean to Sabbath? Mm. How have I Sabbathed this week? How is your Sabbathing going? <laughs> we could go on and on about that. Um, but I want to dive into scripture. And the first place I want to go as we uh, kind of get into our conversation today is First Kings chapter 19, verses one through eight. I'm not gonna read it, but I'm gonna summarize it. Elijah, the prophet's been called by God, he went up on top of a mountain and God displayed his glory came. That's the, the fire coming down from heaven, burning the altar, mm-hmm. uh, the prophets of Baal, cutting themselves and yelling and Elijah poking fun at them that their God's in the bathroom or maybe he's <laughs> like in another universe or something like that. Um, and he comes from this mountaintop experience where God has showed up and God's like, ah, I'm here, I'm present. And Elijah's like, yes, that's fantastic. And then this queen by the name of Jezebel kind of incites some fear into Elijah and he takes off running. And he's totally gone from mountaintop experience to the valley. And he gets to a point in the valley where he's like, God, literally the only guy here I'm the only one serving you, this isn't how things were supposed to go. And I love how uh, Joy Clarkson uh, summarizes this in her tweet. You can go f- find it uh, later. But she puts it this way. This is your gentle reminder that one time in the Bible, Elijah was like, God, I'm so mad. I want to die. So God said, here's some food. Why don't you have a nap? And so Elijah slept, ate, and decided things weren't so bad. Never underestimate the spiritual power of a nap and a snack. Amen. (laughs) And God provided for him right there in that moment and said, Elijah, this is what you need. You need a little bit of Shabbat. You need a little bit of Sabbath in your life right now to take a step back. And to rest.
2: You know, that's something I've really realized about Sabbath in the past few years is before I would see it as a checklist. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, the commandments. Yeah. You know, I don't think I murdered anyone. Okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> oh yeah. Sabbath. I remembered it. I, I went didn't to church. Anyone. Yeah. I did, yeah. <laughs> There's no evidence. Um, so, you know, remember the Sabbath, we teach it sometimes as go to church, Brush your teeth, yeah. wear nice clothes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Now you've kept Sabbath. Yeah. But in reality, it's so much, so much more yeah. than that. And I've realized Absolutely. at different phases in my life that Sabbath takes a different form. Mm. Like sometimes, and I'm saying this in church, so it feels kind of weird. But sometimes Sabbath to me was not going to church. Ooh. Sometimes Sabbath was being in nature. Sometimes Sabbath was spending time with family. Yeah. And that includes my three pet children and my <laughs> wife. You know these different these different things that we experience throughout the week kind of changes what sabbath looks like too yeah and you know we're gonna get to it and maybe i'm jumping ahead but sabbath was made for us yes we weren't made to fit the specific mold of sabbath and that's something that is just like i'm excited like there's no other way to say it we've made sabbath some boring thing and it's one of the most exciting gifts that god has given us yeah
0: and it was back in genesis chapter 2 when God has created the entire world, the one through six days he's been working, evening and morning, it's this day, there's, there's fish and there's light and there's planets and there's all kinds of great stuff. And he gets down to the end of it. He creates Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. And then he says to Adam and Eve, why don't you enjoy a Sabbath with me? Mm-hmm. And he invites them into a rest that they did not work for they didn't do anything to deserve that Sabbath rest. In fact, it was probably like, all right, Adam, this is how you prune trees. And uh, Eve, this is how you do some other things. I don't want to stereotype here. Um, We're not going to go down that rabbit hole. (laughs) But, you know, in my mind, I'd be like, all right, guys, this is, we got to get to work. This is how you take care of the garden and everything else. And God's like, no, I've created you to enjoy rest with me. Mm. And the best way that we can do that the best way that you can have an experimental and experiential relationship with me is through a Sabbath rest that
2: starts right now. Mm. I love that. I love that. And, you know, sometimes I think, okay, but can I do that on Sabbath? Because I kind of like that. (laughs) You know, that's cool. Well, you know, in Isaiah 58, it says that Sabbath is supposed to be a delight. Yeah. And that we're supposed to just relish in it. And, you know, it's really, really interesting because through the Genesis narrative, you see God bless Three different things. You mm-hmm. see him bless humans, mm-hmm. be fruitful, and multiply. You see him bless the animal kingdom, be fruitful and multiply. And mm-hmm. then he blesses a day. Yeah. You know, that's that's whack. You know, when I <laughs> when I, I see that and I see the progression, I'm like, that doesn't yeah. one of these is not like the other. Right, right. And right. you know, it's really, really, really beautiful because Sabbath, just like humans and creatures, have the life-giving capacity mm-hmm. to procreate, to mm-hmm. fill the world mm-hmm. with life. Mm -hmm. Because what kind of life would it be if we only had work? Yeah. If we didn't get to rest Mm -hmm. and be able to experience the relationships and the fruit of our labor? Mm -hmm. I think God built Mm -hmm. an intentional rhythm into the universe. That's right.
0: And if you're a note taker at home and uh, you're writing some points down, point one that we would potentially be making this morning is that Sabbath is a confession of a design and a creation by a God who cares. God's the one that instituted it and he set it up. Hmm. And I think about how the children of Israel went into bondage in in Egypt and they're serving a taskmaster for 400 years and God goes in and breaks their chains and he says, come on out of here and imagine what those people might've looked like, what they might've felt like, what culture they had been brought up in and how God took 40 years to heal his people. He said, I got to take you out of Egypt, and then I got to work on you a little bit before we get you to the promised land, to the ultimate rest, what represents the ultimate rest. And he says in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, he says, I, the Lord, am your healer. And then he begins to, to lay out, okay, here's some water. Um, here's how you can get some food. It's this thing called manna, uh, which uh, they didn't know what it was. And so manna literally means, what is it? Uh, Let's go get some what is it? Or like, whatever you call it. And they, it was interesting. Because at the end of the week, on Friday, God said, hey, you got to collect a double portion on Friday because there n- ain't no one coming on Sabbath. God pulled out a southern draw right there. He said, ain't none yeah, coming.
2: Definitely. That's what happened. Yes. says, <laughs> so not, It's not going to happen.
0: So you got to collect it. There were some people who did and some people who didn't. And those who didn't went hungry. Mm. And there were some people that were like, oh, I get it. So I need to prepare for the next day. And they collected a double portion on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday. And the next day they opened it up and it was completely spoiled and rotten. And God, in the beginning of the, the children of Israel coming out of Exodus, is trying to show them what Sabbath is truly about. And real quickly, he not only gives them a weekly Sabbath that's established in Exodus 20, verses 8 through 10, as we know as the Ten Commandments, and that's doubled in Deuteronomy chapter 5, but he also gives them a seventh-year Sabbath in Deuteronomy 15 and Leviticus 25. And that was, okay, let the land rest, let certain debts be uh, alleviated. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there's even a 49th year Sabbath. So he's doing the cycle of seven, seven days, seven years, and then seven sets of seven years. And that was the year of Jubilee. And get this, Johnny. If you had student loans. I do. Done. Gone. Year of Jubilee. Tell me more. (laughs) Sign me up. Where do I get it? Every debt that was owed went back to uh, just completely erased. All of the land that had been sold to provide for a family went back to the original owner. And God was instilling this cycle of rest mm. in the midst
2: of the culture of the children of Israel. You know, that really makes sense because I, I heard from a famous author, Walter Brueggemann, he calls mm-hmm. Sabbath an act of resistance. Ooh, and I love that, especially in the context of God giving the commandments here, yeah. coming out of you know, Egypt, coming out of this context where work was the primary thing so much that your spiritual life and your mental life dies mm. because of the physical labor. Yeah. And it seems to me like Sabbath is an equalizer. Sabbath is an equalizer of class. Yeah. It is an equal equalizer of you know your income, I guess that goes with class, mm-hmm. but also your importance throughout life, your relationships, everything is equalized mm. on Sabbath. And just thinking within my own context, coming to church on Sabbath, everyone's chilling in a pew, everyone's waiting to get the word yeah. everyone goes to get haystacks i don't like haystacks i'm just going to be honest with you you know this that is the maybe... last time i invite you to come on this stage then because you know, my I get friend. That, but it was worth it <laughs> <laughs> it was worth it to say that so you know i, I just love how god goes out of his way mm. to make sure mm-hmm. that other people are seen in the same way like mm-hmm. a mutual respect yeah. for other people absolutely. where it wasn't there before the sabbath absolutely
0: That is just absolutely incredible. We've talked uh, even recently about how we as pastors Sabbath during COVID-19 and previously. And oftentimes we're pastors and people joke about it, that we only work one day a week. Um, Well, it's true. We also work the rest of the days of the week more often than not. But when it comes to Sabbath, it seems like we're especially energetic. Especially bring in our A game because that's the day that we open the church, we welcome people in. Yeah. Pre COVID, of course, got to see what that looks like after COVID and all that. Uh, But it's been a day for us that we've been the one that's facilitating worship for everybody else. Yeah. And then we've had to ask ourselves the questions how do we as pastors enter into Sabbath
2: rest in the way that God has ordained? Yeah. And, you know, just being honest with you, I feel like sometimes our system is broken in that regard Mm. because I haven't felt rest in, mm-hmm. the, in the sense that we're talking about, mm-hmm. of being able to just breathe in life, to be able to breathe in relationships and breathe in God until a pandemic hit. And it really yeah. makes me challenge my priorities yeah. because is it the most important that I go to every service, mm. that I do every Sabbath school, mm. that I do every after church, church program, that I do every evening phone call and game night? Yeah. Is it worth the cost of not being able to come to God? On Sabbath. What yeah. kind of date day would it be if I spend time with everyone else but the person that the date day is set around? Wow. wow.
0: And as those of you taking notes, if you're a three-point person, our second point that we're hinting at here is that Sabbath allows for order and structure in a world of chaos. So that there's something, this idea that I can, I can step back a little bit. It orders my life. God established it for the children of Israel. He said, weekly Sabbath, seven-year Sabbath, seven sets of seven-year Sabbath. He brought order into their lives in a world that was completely uh, messed up and and chaotic. It's a lot of Sabbaths, by the way. It is. Like, let's acknowledge that. Isn't a lot it of glorious? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so as as we've looked at the Old Testament example of Sabbath, and we could exhaust this, go to Isaiah 58 and all kinds of other stuff, which I recommend if you have not read Isaiah 58 in its entirety, I recommend that you do it because it it, it brings together social justice and Sabbath yes and particularly in the climate that we live mm-hmm. of recent events of the the murder of a person of color out totally uncalled for mm-hmm. as seventh day
2: adventists sabbaths require us to talk about social justice look i know we have an agenda in terms of you know what we wrote out but can <laughs> we stop and dwell on this let's do it because this makes me furious mm-hmm. how dare we call ourselves sabbath keepers mm-hmm. and then not Help people that are in need. Yeah. How dare we say we're keeping the Sabbath by not going into the water, by not playing video games? That's not keeping Sabbath. That's a list of nots. <laughs> Sabbath is a list of things we should be doing. Yeah. Listen, can I stand up? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm upset. I'm upset. We have failed on keeping the Sabbath yeah. by the way we've been keeping it. Yeah. You know, me as a white male, I am so disappointed with my own with my own race's treatment towards people. We need to stand up. If we are silent as white males and allow this injustice to continue, it will continue. Mm -hmm. But I want to use my platform here to say that proper Sabbath keeping is looking out for those who can't look out for themselves, those that have the system bent against them and towards them. This is the proper Sabbath keeping. You know, we weren't talking about not going into Isaiah 58, but this is exactly what Isaiah 58 talks about. God says, if you break the chains of those who are in bondage, if you do all these things, take care of all this injustice, then my light will pour out upon you and my name will be glorified. I think we hinder ourselves so much by keeping such a small view of Sabbath and by extension, a small view of what God can do in our community. Because taking care of social justice and taking that and putting it at the forefront of our message and our actions, that is evangelism. Absolutely. And we in, in practicing Sabbath well,
0: oh, gosh, yeah. out a little bit. And practicing Sabbath well, we should be providing rest for other people. Yes. And that's what social justice is. Yes That's me as a white male stepping up for every other person that's looked down upon because of their origin, which is awful. We're all human. Right. We all bleed red, right? right? And we need to be providing rest for people in ways that they're not able to access it because of the system, because of whatever. And true Sabbath keeping is me putting my pleasures aside. Yeah, that's what Isaiah 58 says. Right. And God says, "Do my pleasures, and in my pleasures, you're going to find pleasure." And so we kind of laugh at that a little bit, and like, "Oh yeah, no." God invites us into that conversation. He mm. says, "Can you be my hands and feet and provide rest for other people?"
2: Mm. Yeah. No, I was just listening to what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm eating that up, man. Um, I, I had something else I wanted to share. It's, yeah. it's kind of diving into the main passage that you had mm-hmm. read. Would you actually mind reading it yeah. before, I, Matthew, before I dive into this? Matthew
0: chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. David read it a moment ago. And it says this, this is Jesus speaking, read letters in my Bible. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light.
2: And I just got to read this quote, because you know what they say in scholarly works, you're supposed to use a quote if someone says something that you can't say better. Mm -hmm. Well, this is definitely the case right here. What are you quoting Um, from? Yeah, I was was about to show. Thank you for prompting me. (laughs) It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It is a book by John Mark Comer. And he talks about Sabbath in a way that should make us Adventists ashamed at how we keep Sabbath, because he keeps it better than we do, and he's not even Adventist. So Ooh. it's really, really challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm bringing, you know, some some pain here today. This is, this is on myself, too. So <laughs> this, is, this is what is quoted here. This is by Frederick Dale Bruner. He says this about the verse that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. A yoke is a work instrument. Thus, when Jesus offers a yoke, he offers what we might uh, think tired workers need least. And, you know, that really pops out at me when I hear that yeah. verse. I'm like, Jesus, don't give me a yoke, man. I yeah. need rest. Give me some, like, some, you know, pineapple juice. Give me a beach. Let me just hang out, get yeah, sunburned. Yeah, yeah. You know, whatever comes along with that. I don't need a yoke. Yeah. So He continues. They need a mattress, not a yoke, kind of like what I just said there. I know, I'm I'm (laughs) quoting him, not he's quoting me. But Jesus realizes that the most restful gift he can give the tired is a new way to carry life, Mm. a fresh way Mm -hmm. to bear responsibilities. Realism sees that life is a succession of burdens. We Mm. cannot get away from them. Thus, instead of offering escape, Jesus offers equipment. Jesus wow. means that obedience to his Sermon on the Mount, which is his yoke, mm-hmm. will develop in us a balance and a way mm. of carrying life that will give more rest than mm. the way we have been living. And, you know, we, we always talk about Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the truth. And we present, yeah. we have to know these things. We have to know these things. But right. I think we neglect that Jesus is the way. Yeah, And that is the process of life. Right. That is the going through the week because we can have the Sabbath mentality yeah. Not on the seventh day.
0: Ooh. I mean, I can keep the Sabbath not on the seventh day?
2: Yes. Which, by the way, I didn't ask you. What does
0: Sabbath <laughs> mean to you, Michael? <laughs> Sabbath means to me, we're kind of jumping it back to the engaged question, and we're going to continue the words of Jesus. To me, Sabbath is a space and time set apart that I can commune with God. Hmm. And I do that through multiple facets. I think coming together as a community and Mm -hmm. fellowship through church, that's absolutely in line with Sabbath. Uh, For some years, our denomination has, I don't think overtly, but has subliminally uh, brought about the idea that keeping the Sabbath, the only way that you can keep the Sabbath is by going to church. Mm -hmm. If I don't go to church, then I'm not keeping the Sabbath. So I don't agree with that. I think that going to church in the sense that we're gaining community from other people is a part of keeping the Sabbath, but I cannot equate the two. Because in the Bible, Sabbath is all about rest and communion with God and with each other. Mm -hmm. And it seems to be completely open-ended and completely broad-based for us to decide, okay, God, what's Sabbath for for you and me? Mm -hmm. What's our date look like? And I think that there's significance, and you mentioned at the beginning that God blessed a day. I think there's significance to that day, uh, Johnny. If you were to to set up a, a date with Stephanie, ooh, and uh, you said, hey, uh, this this coming week or whenever, let's say May 20, That's gonna, two days
2: after our six-year wedding anniversary. Okay, so May 18. Yeah, yeah, that one. There we go, sure. May 18. Wow, look
0: at that, May 18, Stephanie. We're gonna we're gonna go on a date. Okay, I got it all set up and everything. She looks forward to it, and you get it set up and say, "Okay, be ready at this time, and whatnot." And she's getting all ready and whatnot. You're ready to go out, and on May 18, say you're going to go out at three o'clock in the afternoon because that's what you do. <laughs> say you. She found you chilling on the couch playing Animal Crossing.
2: <laughs> Bro, that's so real.
0: <laughs> and she asks you, "What, Johnny? What are you doing?" You're like, "I'm playing Animal Crossing." She's like, "Well, what about our date?" And you're like. Oh, well, you know, I figured we could we could do that at a different time uh, that you'd be okay, and we can. And she almost like punches you, but holds back a little bit. How's your beautiful face? Uh And she says, but Johnny, this date's important to us Mm -hmm. because it was a day six years ago Mm -hmm. that we got married and we set aside that we're going to set aside this time to to celebrate our love and what God has brought us through. There's significance in times and dates. That's why we celebrate birthdays. That's Mm -hmm. why we celebrate anniversaries. That's why we celebrate holidays. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, the weekly holiday, we just kind of push to the side. And we say, God, I'll worry about that later, God. I'm I'm going to spend time with you later. Today, I'm just going to do my thing. Mm -hmm. And I imagine how God, as he's established this time for us to weekly come together Mm -hmm. as a community, but also come and to focus on him and to worship him. How it pains his heart mm. when we turn away from
2: his pleasures on the Sabbath day. And we do our own. Mm. Yeah. I, first of all, I would invite Steph to play Animal Crossing with me. Um, <laughs> so I think that would salvage some of the date. And second of all, she would actually punch me. But <laughs>
0: okay. Is that true, Steph? Would
2: she? Okay. She'd play with okay, yeah, she'd play you. With you. She you, didn't so. say she punched you. That's yeah, so good. good. <laughs> That's the first half, which is the better half. Um, you know, this is this is kind of jumping a little bit, but I, you know, to carry on what you're saying, using just a personal story, mm-hmm. um, we just got a puppy. She's like three months, almost three months. Steph, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, almost four months. Yeah, I don't know numbers. <laughs> almost four months old, and she has she has legit FOMO, fear of missing out. Okay. So the whenever puppy does. the puppy does, yeah. yeah, not Steph. I'm talking about the, <laughs> the puppy, <laughs> the puppy. So she has like a fear of missing out. And so whenever things are going on around her, she stays awake and she tries to figure out what's going on. Case in point today, I took her to the park. You know, she met another puppy. She had a good time. And she wouldn't go to sleep because she was in the car and the car is still new. So she needed to sleep, but she was sitting there like this and like trying to look around and all these things. And so eventually she fell asleep. However, we brought her here as we were coming to church uh, and she was about to meet some more puppies, which is Stephanie's parents' dogs. Uh And instead of sleeping on the way and getting the rest in the appropriate rhythm of time, she stayed awake because the car's still new. She's excited. And then she Mm -hmm. gets to see the other puppies. And by then, She's exhausted. Yeah. So I think there's, there's, there's a lesson, at least I learned there, uh, that you know maybe the rhythm of being sleepy, being tired, we should just stop and rest. Mm-hmm. And I, I think one of the biggest reasons we're so exhausted, we're yeah. so tired, we feel like we can't hear God all the time, is because we don't know how to sit down with him. Yeah. We don't know how to just be. Mm-hmm. We know how to worship him and we know what we should do and mm-hmm. how, to, how to love and how to look like him, but we don't know how to just be with him. Right. And
0: for those of you, again, taking notes, the last point that we come to today is that a Sabbath lifestyle reminds us that we're not indestructible. We can't just go, 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 go. We reach a point of burnout. Mm. And if we took the time during the week and specifically set aside a day, the seventh day, Sabbath, Saturday, and said, guilt-free, no studying, guilt-free, no work, all of, just enjoy it with Mm -hmm. God, then we, I think, would come to a place that we would actually be living out what God has called us To live. Mm. And as we finish up our conversation this morning, uh, there's another quote by a guy, I think that I can't pronounce his last name, so I'll let you do it. Uh, If you could share that with us, and I think it it ties us in as we're we're wrapping up our conversation this morning.
2: Sure. So this is by a a pastor in Portland. His Mm -hmm. name is A.J. Swoboda. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I might also be butchering that, but (laughs) you won't know. (laughs) The Sabbath has largely been forgotten by the church which was uncritically mimicked which has uncritically mimicked the rhythms of the industrial and success obsessed west mm-hmm. the result our road weary exhausted churches have largely failed to integrate sabbath into their lives as vital elements of christian discipleship notice this is a non this is a non adventist and i think it rings so true to us even though mm-hmm. we do keep the sabbath on a weekly basis mm-hmm. it is not as though we do not love god we love god deeply we just don't know how to sit with God anymore. Mm-hmm. We have become perhaps the most emotionally exhausted, psychologically overworked, spiritually malnourished people in history. Mm. So I, I just
0: resonate with the part of that quote that said, we just do not know how to sit with God anymore. Mm. So fast paced, our phones, got our TVs, we're just living this busy life. We don't know how to take some time and step back and say, God, I'm, I'm here ready to listen. I'm ready to hear. Yeah. And I think that's what the essence is all about. So final question, final thoughts, as we wrap this up in the next 30 seconds to, to a minute, Johnny, what does Sabbath keeping look like in 2020 during oh. this time of COVID? What does it look like to you?
2: In the midst of COVID, you know, just just tying this into what you were saying earlier, and then I'll bring it right back. You know, you know in our podcast, I always go down rabbit holes, but yeah. this is going to be a fast one. <laughs> you know, Oh, I lost my train of thought. Anyway, <laughs> Sabbath in 2020 for me is just being. And I had to fall flat on my face mm-hmm. enough times trying to go, go, go mm-hmm. to realize that I need to stop and embrace the rhythm of life mm-hmm. that God has already instituted in my heart, in mm-hmm. my energy levels, in mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. And I think Sabbath really speaks this peace, this rest, that this sitting with God yeah. that we don't understand. And practically, yeah. it means turning your phone off. Mm -hmm. It means spending time with those you love. Mm -hmm. It means eating extra cookies, anything that makes (laughs) Sabbath special. It should be a day we look forward to, not a day, oh, Mm. I can't do this, I can't do that, can't wait till sunset. What time is sunset again? Oh yeah, then I can start watching my shows. I think we're kind of missing the point, referencing it with a date. If I'm like, okay, Steph, when is our date over? Mm -hmm. Then I can go do this thing I actually want to do. Uh, Then don't even go on the date in the first place. I would actually say, don't keep Sabbath if it's hard for you, if it yeah. hinders your life because it's supposed to be a delight.
0: Yeah, we got to find ways that Sabbath makes your life better. Yeah. And yeah. invitation to you, listener, and to those of you that are watching this, we want to invite you to try Sabbath. You got to try it. It's one of, it's come to be one of my favorite days of the mm-hmm. week that I look forward to. Friday night, sundown, and it begins with rest. It begins with sleep. And we wake up to a glorious morning is, and kind of raining today or whatnot. But we come to a place that we are able to experience a true relationship with God. Mm. And we're able to come to a spot where God and, God and I are sitting down and we're enjoying relationship with one another. And it's not forced. It's easy. Jesus says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Mm. And he wants to have that relationship with you. So listener, watcher, try Sabbath and see how it changes your life
1: man, try Sabbathing, a very provocative thought. It's spending time with our spouse only once a week. That's obviously not enough to know them and to love them. And it's the same with God. I love how you can take things in your real life and apply them to your relationship with God to have that experiential, experimental relationship. For instance, you could almost, almost take any exercise quote that you find and apply that to your relationship with God. Sometimes you have to push through it. Sabbath for me is not one of those things. Um, I think that once a week spending time with God is definitely not enough and Sabbath is like the pinnacle of all that. I know that if we expect to feel close to our spouse with only spending a little bit of time with them every week, we won't feel as close to them to the point that they're not necessarily a part of our everyday life, so they're not as important. That's just not gonna happen. Marriage isn't gonna be very healthy there. Well, the Sabbath can be understood in terms of God knowing that we need time with Him, or our life will carry us away with all of its cares. This is one of the reasons that I could never not be a part of the Seventh day Adventist church denomination. The very name Seventh day is a reminder that once a week, I get the day off from life to remember my roots, and my roots is that I'm a child of God and that I'm going to heaven someday. Now, the fact that the very word Sabbath means to stop, as we just learned, I think that has a huge draw to those who are bending underneath the stress of everything going on. Who wouldn't want to try this, to try Sabbathing? Now, I like the thought that Sabbath is an act of resistance against the busy push that we get into in this world. It's a day where we say no more. Out of all of the episodes on this Elevate Retake podcast, you got to try this. I think this is the one that is the most, that I think is the easiest one to try and invite somebody to do it with you and maybe share this podcast with them before you do. Thank you for listening. Elevate Retake is recorded weekly at Elevate, a community fellowship of King Church. Our audio is captured by Blake Snyder. Sound design and editing are done by Shane Miosi and Inspire Productions. Our executive producers are Michael Gibson and Jonathan Coker. Our team includes Evelyn Alanis, Candace McCormick, Semu Segola, Alethia Galvin, Emily Weaver, and Issa Manu. Special thanks to Dene Sanji and 88.3 The Journey and the Keen Church Media Team. You can find Elevate Retake on Instagram at Elevator Take. For more about Elevate Community Fellowship, visit thisiselevate.org. Currently, our services are live-streamed every Saturday morning at 1015 a.m. at thisiselevate.org forward slash live. We'd love to have you join us. There's always room for one more.